Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. So we are going to tell you guys about Native. It's this honestly incredible company. Basically, their goal is to create safe, simple, and effective products that people use in the bathroom every day. So the thing is, all of their products are formulated without aluminum, parabens, and talc. And the ingredients are all things found in nature. So it's like coconut oil, shea butter, all that kind of stuff, tapioca starch, which absorbs wetness. They don't test on animals, free shipping and returns. But for me, like, we always hear aluminum so bad for you, aluminum so bad for you. And for me, I never use an aluminum-free deodorant because I genuinely typically felt that ones with aluminum just perform better. And we tried this. I got the coconut vanilla flavor. My trainer had been telling me this worked for a while and I was kind of skeptical. It genuinely works. It smells so good. And I I just feel better knowing that I'm not putting bad stuff into my body. Like I feel like we're so cautious what we eat, da, da, da. But deodorant is just as important as going right into your pores. So honestly, we are very big fans of this. And for 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code CBC during checkout. Again, for 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code CBC during checkout. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Commons by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. I want to start by saying I've been very vocal in saying that I think this is the best season yet. I still fully hold true in that belief. But yes, last night's episode so far was the worst of them all. Let's just call yeah, it. I mean, I've, yeah, that's all I've been asking of you since we got in this room. Let's call it like it is. Well, no, because Julie and I got into a little bit of a tiff because she was saying that it was bad. And I was like, to me, there's no such thing as a bad episode. Like I could genuinely watch them do anything and still be interested. And I did think that there were parts of this that were interesting. I just think coming off of last week when we saw Larsa in rare fucking form, there was no way this was going to top it. See, the reason that I'm disappointed is because I thought it had the potential to. Because of the preview. Well, I just think that a Lamar plotline, and we'll get into this, I just think they could have done more and given more with that plotline that could have made it even better than Larsa Mm -hmm. last week. But we'll get into that. I don't know. I genuinely think, like, I'm going to die, and on my death, I'd be like, no, that Larsa episode was the best ever. Like, I genuinely feel that way. I was never been so captivated. 
I like can't give Larsa that much. It's too much to give Larsa to give her credit for creating the best episode of the season. Give it to Sarah then. No, Sarah didn't do anything. Well, Sarah was the catalyst in, in the showing— reason, The reason that the episode was good is because of Larsa, but I can't give her the accolades to say that it was the she made it the best episode of the season. Uh, That's I, exactly what she throw wants. Throw her a bone. She wasn't in Kim Skin's picture with the lifers. Well, there's gotta a reason her, for that. <laughs> gotta give her something. Okay. As you guys know, if you are a frequent listener, scene by scene, let's get into it. So we start off at Scott's house with him and Chloe, which, as you guys know, there is no dynamic that Julie and I— Enjoy watching more than Chloe and Scott. None. We None. May, we may talk about a lot of the other ones, but at the end of the day, that Chloe and Scott dynamic is one for the books. It, it's it's incomparable. So they're watching the dog show with Hirsch, which is Scott's dog, which, by the way, I always thought that it was Sophia's dog that she then brought to the house. I didn't realize that it was his. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought maybe it was Sophia's, and then she brought it, but they, they got it while they were dating, so maybe they just called it both. Or maybe it's together, yeah. Um, anyway, a couple things here. First off, this is sets the scene for one of the big plot lines, which is that Scott wants his dog to participate in the dog show. It's kind of stupid, but it's one of those stupid plot lines that's so fun that it doesn't even matter that it's stupid. As long as there's a stupid plot line that involves Scott, it's no longer stupid. Right. Like Art Vandelay? Yeah. Not stupid. Because of Scott. Yeah. Anyone else? Forget stupid. about it. Exactly. Also, Julie wrote, can't unsee Scott as Jared Leto. Can't. Someone was it? Someone in our Patreon group? That yeah, said but that? I think the comparison has been made before. It's really spot on. It's really as I was, and I've never really thought it before, just because I don't think it was called to my attention. But as I was watching it, I was like, "Wow, I really cannot unsee him as Jared Leto." No, it's a very it's like real a little thing. overwhelming. So, the next scene, they're at the Kylie skin office, and first it's Chloe and MJ, and you see them kind of sitting in the waiting room, which. I said this last time, but ever since Kylie did that full office tour on YouTube, I feel like I have such a better grasp every time they show it on the show because I'm like, oh, that's where you are in relation to the other. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I really have my spatial awareness when we get into it's our like office. It's like when you start to learn Kim's house. Like, you don't know the layout, but you know the kids' rooms are upstairs and you know where the stairs are and you're starting to learn it. You know where Chris's house is. You took a while to learn the layout. It's just more comfortable when you know where you are. So, yeah, we'll talk about this later. But when Chloe was in that room with Kim, and she's like, oh, I think I've never even been in this room before. I was like, imagine you're at your sister's house and there rooms you still haven't been in? Well, that's like the room in everybody's house. It's like the fancy sitting room that you're like, I'm like not even allowed in that in most people's house. When I was little and I would go to my friend, we don't have one of those in my house because it was just like, that would be pointless. But when I was go to my friend's house, they'd be like, remember, you specifically are not allowed in that room. Like yeah. everyone else's, like the other friends were allowed in that room. I just wasn't because I would break things. That makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For like total I still sense. feel weird going to the one in your house where the <laughs> piano is. Like yeah. I just, I'm like, I'll, I'll just stay in yeah, the den. I'll just sit in the den. Anyway, so we're at the Kylie skin office and Kylie walks in and she sees Chloe and MJ sitting there and she's like, wait, why aren't you guys in my office? And they're like, security wouldn't let us in. <laughs> Who the fuck wouldn't let MJ in? That person should be fired. Sorry. Oh my God. I loved Kylie in this scene, the way she looked. I yeah. Mean, those jeans with the, just love the whole just thing. Just a good look for her. Yeah. I agree. Anyway, so this is when the Lamar plotline starts and Chloe basically tells them that she's been hearing that Lamar is writing a book and she's a little bit nervous about it. And Kylie's asking her, you know, like, what terms are you and Lamar on? And if they've spoken, and Chloe's like, no, I haven't spoken to him since, like, and Kylie goes, since you were married. And Chloe goes, after a situation, and we just stopped talking after that. She then is saying in her confessional, quote, we had a really great marriage, but Lamar was battling some demons, and we had to divorce. She was saying that after the overdose, and, like, after she helped him kind of get back on his feet, she felt like it was so important for them to go their separate ways because, in her words, as not to confuse our personal healing and growth. Made a lot of sense. Yeah. 
I'll read this, what she said. She goes, I want him to do anything positive with his life and was ever a good therapeutic outlet. I just am curious. Like sometimes people when they're with us, they love us. And once they get away, they kind of join the Kardashian haterade train. So I'm not worried about if Lamar were to be honest about him or I or, or, or his relationship with our family. We were nothing but amazing to him. But I mean, I just want people to tell the truth. So whatever the truth is, go ahead and tell it. That was interesting. Very interesting and very kind of accurate. Yeah, we always talk about this with French Montana, that he, it was such an amicable split. Like if you if you were new to the Kardashians and you just saw his interaction, you would never think that he was Chloe's ex. Yeah, no, if you just jumped on the bandwagon, you would never know unless somebody told you that French and Chloe dated. They just, also because you just don't really see them having chemistry, I feel like. It's so platonic, it feels like. Yeah, and he's really close with the family still. Like, he's so close with Courtney, and he, like everybody kind of hangs out with French. Kanye always talks about French. You would just never know that there was like a history there. But I was when she was saying that, I was trying to pinpoint other people that were like either dated them or that were close to them, and then kind of got away from it and, and spoke so negatively about them. And I was having kind of a hard time because one, I feel like we always discuss they keep their circle. One, kind of small, and two, I feel like even if they're not a huge fan, they still keep the person in because they know they know too much, kind of like a Jonathan Shabon or a Larsa situation, potentially, yeah. we don't know. But I was thinking, okay, James Harden, Tyga, these are the only exes that I could think could potentially be problematic. And I do remember, I think James Harden didn't speak so kindly. Yeah, I don't I don't fully remember. Oh, I, Chris Humphreys, obviously. Chris Humphreys, of course. I think also the thing that they talk about a lot, and I remember Kim saying this when it came to the whole Chelsea Handler thing, and she was saying about that feud, she was like, or Chloe was saying it, I think. And she was like, when people are with our family, they're nothing but nice to us. As soon as we're not there, they have something mean to say about us. It's yeah. like you just don't know who you can trust because people, it's like a mob mentality type thing. Whereas if you're not their best, best friends, I think people expect that uh, that you can just say whatever you want about them and the Kardashians won't care because you're not in their inner circle. So for, except for like Chelsea Handler, she has nothing to really lose by shit talking them because she's not, it's not like she's being uninvited from things or blacklisted from parties and she was so close to them that they'll feel so betrayed. It was just like when she sees them at a party, she's nice to them. And when there's media things and other things and she can have a second of like, oh, let me like run with this narrative, it, it doesn't bother her so much to not be nice to them. No, it makes total sense. I guess, I don't know. I, through all of it, through Lamar's, you know, addiction issues and all the stuff that he did to Chloe, I still like, I always had a soft spot for him for some reason. Not that I, I— Oh, my God. I never thought, obviously, what he did was right, but I just felt like his heart, at least, was was. I love Lamar. I never, I never felt like after everything happened with Lamar that I had this, like, Tristan Thompson hatred towards him. Never. Ever. Which, by the way, you can also argue that, like, what Lamar did put Chloe through was equally as— I don't want to say bad, but— um, like emotionally draining, draining for her, damaging. Like the, Lamar talks on her book that, like in his book, that there was there was a time where he was high and he was in the basement and Chloe came downstairs and he threatened to kill her. Yeah, and it's like when you're comparing the actual actions of what took place between the two, it would be so easy to say to like Lamar just is it, it's unforgivable, and I could totally understand Chloe saying that. I just think that. I think the family knew that his heart was right in the right place and his head wasn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, again, one could totally devil's advocate to be like, well, it doesn't matter. He still did it. And I, I'm, I'm not necessarily choosing a side there. But I, was, I guess what my point is that I was happy that I felt like the way Chloe was talking about him wasn't with this, like, sense of negativity or anger. No, and it you never has been. It never yeah, has The whole been. time, she's never— I think I think I think Lamar was the love of her life. I think there will never be another Lamar for her. And even though the way it ended, I think she knows that. 
Yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit because I have a lot more to say. Anyway, so the next scene, they're at Chloe's house and she finally had her renovations done, which as you guys know, she's been in a rental for the past however many months, six months, eight months, months, five months, whatever. She's finally back. <laughs> Isabel texts in the group chat last night like, I'm just going to say it because I know you guys are thinking, I'm underwhelmed by Chloe's renovations. Yeah, I was too. I, maybe we just didn't see enough. I, I was expecting like a huge reveal. Maybe. I didn't like the floors. I don't like gripe hardwood floors. Oh, that's interesting. I, did, I just felt like I was going to see more. Like, I was so excited to— Yeah. Also, did Martin do it? I don't know. Did it, Martin do it? I don't know. It didn't look that different. Yeah. It didn't she look like— those, like, porches yeah. they were sitting at? Well, she was sitting on the, at the balcony, I guess, in her bedroom. Yeah. That. That, the they, balcony is an amazing touch. I just thought some of the interior decisions weren't—it's not that they were bad. It's just underwhelming. Yeah. We were just expecting some—I don't know. I think we're just spoiled by the whole Kylie-Kim thing. Yeah. And, and honestly, Courtney. I love Courtney's house. All of them, actually. Scott's. I love Chris, Scott's house. Are you kidding? Throw another one in. But I bet Rob's is even nice. Yeah. <laughs> Rob lives in Chris's old house. Yeah, Rob. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Right. That, yeah. Anyway, so um, Kim is saying that she's going to D.C. to speak at the White House for prison reform. And she's, t- you know, announcing this partnership with Lyft, which is basically to be able to give formerly incarcerated people rides to and from job interviews. And she's telling Chloe the story. Quote, I wasn't paying attention this morning and Chai had a Sharpie and was drawing all over the wall in Kanye's. What word did she what, say there? Yeah. I listened four times. I was like, fucking, I'm done. I don't know if she was saying Kanye's what? closet. I thought she said side. Yeah, maybe Kanye's side, whatever. Basically, what she was saying was that Chicago was drawing all over the walls and and Chloe's like, oh, thank God he's out of town. And Kim's like, no, he wouldn't care. He'd be like, I love it. It's art. Keep it. That was so funny. So funny and so Kanye. Couldn't you so envision that conversation? Yeah, where he comes home and he's like, I love it. It's beautiful. Like He was like, I can so see you coming home being like, well, maybe we should cut it out of the wall and frame it, and then we'll put another piece in. Or like him, or like him having this crazy idea from seeing them draw on the wall. It's like, maybe we should put a room in the house where they can just draw on the walls whenever they want, and that'll just be the wall drawing room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a children's museum. It reminds me of how he so, so gladly had North drawn that Birkin. You know what I mean? I what still think that's an amazing gift. No, it is. But I'm just saying, like, it was just, it, yes, it was so on brand. And I love when Kim kind of not makes fun, but makes light of Kanye's personality. Yeah. And I think also Kim appreciates um, the fact that even the way Kanye is, like, when the kids do something, he's just so, like, into them expressing themselves as opposed to, like, being angry about something. And I think that's something that Kim probably appreciates the most about Kanye. For sure. So the next scene, they're at Kim's house, and Chloe and Malika are working out in Kim's gym. If you guys remember last week when it was Chloe, Malika, Courtney, we were like, whose gym is it? We thought it was Kim's. We weren't sure. Confirmation for those of you that couldn't sleep over it, we were right. I- the thing is about that gym, it's like, yeah, of course. It's separate from the house. Why wouldn't you go there? It's, you know what I mean? It's right on the basketball courts. It's fucking gorgeous. I know. I'm just always so curious about what the other gym situations are like. I Well, I think everyone else's was in their garage. Interesting. That's what it seemed to me. And, well, first of all, Chloe was out of the house, so out of her own house. So it probably, she had to be displaced because there probably wasn't a gym in her rental. Um I don't know what Courtney does. Courtney may only go there to work out with Chloe when Chloe's working out there. And I think that also to work out with Malika, it's nice to go somewhere other than your own home where it feels like you're going to a gym, even if it's at Kim's house. Wouldn't you do sick shit for a tour of every single one of their houses, including the everything? Everything. Like, I would do anything. If they did that, I really think that would be the best. I can't imagine something I'd love more. I would love a house tour. 
Do you think they would ever do it? Well, they've done architecture digest, digest spread, so what's the huge difference? We never get to see the kids' room enough when we do that, I feel like, or like the other random nooks and crannies of the house. Do you think it's a security thing? Yeah. Well, I think that if you put up a tour of your entire house, then somebody can then say, like, look at all of these entry points and all of these things that maybe— I mean, listen, you can't get into Kim's house. Chris couldn't get into Kim's I house. I know, it's like No one's breaking knocks. in, yeah. but for the others, yeah, I, I, I have to imagine there'd be some security issue there. Or, like, taking a tour and all of a sudden you're, like, passing— a specific piece of art on the wall and you know how much that piece of art costs, it's like, I don't know, it, it becomes a risk. I totally get it. I just selfishly, like of I course. want it and I don't want it, but yeah. Anyway. The gym thing's a good inc- inconsequential question. Yes, it is. Add that, as well, add that to the list. <laughs> we literally keep a running list of all those. Anyway, so um, Chloe finds out that Lamar is going doing his first live interview on Good Morning America and her and Malika are sitting on the floor of the gym watching it. It was such a real moment. I don't yeah. know. You know what I mean? Well, because then there's that part where they're kind of reacting in real time to Lamar speaking and the first thing they ask him or the first thing they show us that they ask him is, did you like being on Keeping Up with the Kardashians? And he says, yes. And Malika turns to Chloe and she's like, he did love it. Like, he d- and he did love it. I think that was, like, one of the happiest he was. We always saw him on the show. He always wanted to be on it. It was just interesting that, like, that was a piece that Malika was like, you know what? Yes, he did love being on it. And I remember it making him happy. It was fun, like, watching them reminisce for a second about the relationship. I don't know. It's so crazy that all of that, all of those detrimental things happen, yet still I feel like they kind of look at it in, the po- in a positive light. And we, I at least do also in a way. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and I think that also it was really cool watching Chloe here for the first time um, Lamar say, like, I can't believe I treated my queen like that. Like, I tre- she was a queen. I can't believe I treated her like that. And I feel like all we would ever want is to see how Chloe reacts in real time to hearing Lamar say that for the first time. She's never heard him say that on live TV before. You could see, I really think that this was so real and raw. Like, I felt like she had a sigh of relief almost. Yeah. Because, because also, this was his first interview. So this was going to set the tone for the way that he was going to talk about them in the rest of the press interviews. And he really, at least in this one thing, was so respectful, was so fun. And and that's when Malika says to her, like, do you think you'll read the book? And she said, listen, I don't have a problem reading the book, but I kind of know what happens. Right, that was funny. Which was funny, but I think her whole thing was like, I, if it's the honest truth, I can handle it all. I just don't want him fabricating or making up some bullshit. Right, and I think that, and she says this towards the end of the episode where she says something about it validating their relationship. And I think it was so important for her that he wasn't going around talking shit, not just because she would feel betrayed, but because like in her mind, she knows exactly what happened in the relationship and exactly what she did right and exactly what she may have done wrong at certain points, all of these things. And I think it would have been really detrimental for her outlook on what they had had to be completely different than the story that he was telling. It's like, it would be like rewriting history yeah. in a lot of ways. Which he didn't. It's like, the story itself is so intense and, and so damaging to everything that it's like, why make that worse than what it is? And I think that for all he put her through, it was like she got to a point where she can handle all of that and she knows what's true and what's not. And I think that if he did something that kind of threw her off, I think she would have, I think it would have really, um, I think it would have really messed with her. I think I totally agree with you. Because it took her so long to get to a point where she could have accepted what happened and then to throw something else into the mix. It's like now I have to work on accepting that piece of it. Yeah, no, for sure. I genuinely can't believe that we're doing an ad for this company because it is one of my favorite. I've been shopping on this for years. We're talking about The Real Real, which is basically the leading reseller of authenticated luxury consignment from top designers. So Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Rolex, Cartier, a million more, and at up to 90% off retail. So basically, you can shop or you can consign women's and men's luxury fashion, fine jewelry, watches, art, the whole nine— 
Also, they have new arrivals that come in every single day, and every item is authenticated by the Real Real's team of experts. So you never have to worry that like you're buying something and it's not legit. Every single thing there goes through you know an intense screening process. You can shop online or you can visit one of their original stores in Soho or West Hollywood, and they have a newest location, 870 Madison Avenue in New York. Also, in-store customers receive an automatic $25 at checkout. I've gotten so much stuff here. I've gotten so many gifts. Also, with a lot of these luxury brands, sometimes you love something and then you can't find it. And the only place to get it is at one of these, you know, consignments. And the real, real, hands down, the best. Like, when I saw that we were doing an ad for this, I honestly freaked out. And Julie can totally attest to that. Um, so shop in-store online or download the app and get 20% off select items with the promo code REAL. That's the therealreal.com promo code REAL for 20% off select items. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics Mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, New Kids on the Block, Sean Paul, Sum 41, Whitney Cummings, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. So the next scene, they're at Chris's house and Chris is having an interview in her at home, which do you remember what that was for? No. Because I I was, I remember it. Like I, I can't pinpoint it. Someone listening, please tell me because it, it was making me go fucking crazy. It could have been for 60 minutes. Maybe. I, I have no recollection. I do. And, I, and it's bothering me that I can't remember. Anyway, she gets a text from Sheila saying that, you know, Lamar's Good Morning America interview aired this morning and that he says that he owes Chloe and the entire family an apology. But then the, the, Sheila is telling her, but then in the book, he accuses you of orchestrating the soul cycle incident. I'll get to that in a second. Chris in her confessional says, quote, I'm supposed to be doing a press interview, but somebody is sending me texts text saying that in Lamar's book, he's accused me of setting up the whole soul cycle thing all over again. It was a huge deal at the time because Lamar popped up at one of Chloe's soul cycle classes and caused a big commotion. Chloe blames me, thinking I told Lamar where she was going to be and that never happened. I'm trying to do damage control because I know when Chloe sees this, it's going to set her off again. Which then they did the whole thing where they flashed to the articles, which me and Julie fucking love when they do that. And it says like, Chloe Kardashian ambushed by Lamar at gym. And it it goes back to the footage of the first, like when the incident first occurred and Chloe, Chris, and Kim all talking about it. This is a storyline that progresses. 
This was so ridiculous to me, the fact that Chris was still denying it. Denying it. Well, the thing that's interesting about it, and I was saying this to you before, is that a piece of the, the story that the episode left out or didn't even touch on was that the reason that this was such a big deal is not just because she allegedly told Lamar where Chloe was going to be, but it was also because paparazzi showed up. And Lamar had said in his book that he— um, he thought Chris was the one that had told the paparazzi where they were going to be. So not only did are they accusing Chris of saying where Chloe was, also telling the paparazzi along with Lamar. And the reason that Lamar thought that this happened is not because it was tr- supposed to be like a publicity moment. Lamar thought it happened was because he is because he thought that him and Chloe still had this slight chance of getting back together and there was still a, a place for reconciliation. And he thought that Chris doing this was Chris's way of shutting that down because not only to have the paparazzi there, but to also have Lamar, when he's not in a good space, corner Chloe like this, it kind of took away any glimpse of hope of them getting back together. So Lamar's re- thought process behind it was not that she called the paparazzi to be there so it would be a huge press moment. He thought she called the paparazzi and told him where she would be because she wanted to get rid of any hope of them ever getting back together. But what I thought was so interesting about that was because was that it it went so against the way that I always felt that Chris felt about Chloe and Lamar. Like, I always felt that deep down, Chris wanted Chloe and Lamar together, even through the darkness. Like, not not while it was happening, but I felt like she maintained this, like, hope of their relationship. I mean, listen, we don't know what went down. Would it be the craziest thing for a paparazzi to be at a soul cycle class at six o'clock in the morning in Beverly Hills? Think about it logically. No, that's not the craziest thing in the entire world. Um, it's just interesting to me that Chris is denying it in terms of Lamar being like, she told me. Like, how are you going to die when Lamar's the one saying, and why would he lie about that? Well, and also, like Chloe said, it's 5 a.m. in Beverly Hills at a soul cycle class. What the fuck is Lamar showing up there for? If- and Lamar had to come from Vegas. It's not like Lamar was around the corner. In his book, he says he got the text from Chris and came to Vegas to confront Chloe. It, it's just interesting. I, I mean, it really goes against everything we know about Chris. But with that being said, I think Chris five years ago is very different than Chris now in terms of the way she treats her family and the way she treats her family as a business. And I think there's a lot more sensitivity that Chris puts into the family now as opposed to previous. Um, But I think also if Chris, you know, did tell Lamar where she was, it could have been. You know, Lamar's thing was that he assumed that the reason that Chris said where it was is to break them up. It could have also been that Chris wants them to get back together and told Lamar where she was so that that could happen. So that's what I was going to ask you because I feel like it wasn't touched on well enough. What do you think Chloe thinks? Do you think that Chloe agreed with Lamar's narrative that Chris did that so that— it would, you know, put uh, end any chance of them being together? Or do you think that Chloe was like, my mom had such loyalty to Lamar and loved him so much, and she knew how badly he wanted a chance to speak face-to-face with me that she was willing to risk my whereabouts just to get him, you know, to give him the chance to talk to me? I don't know. I think you can make the argument for Chris being wrong and Chris being right in both of those scenarios. But that's not my question. I, I understand. I'm saying that, like, I think that it would be in Chloe's nature to see the best in the situation, Whereas, like, she would kind of pick the avenue that made her mom look the best in her own eyes. So it's like, if, if, um, if that's she's believing. That's interesting, though, because. You which, don't think so? No. I, which one's the best? Well, that's why I'm saying yeah. that I don't know. That's, that's why I'm so saying I'm Trump because you can make the argument that both are equally as right and both are equally as wrong. You can make the argument that Chris 
sending Lamar there to finally end it once and for all was her daughter's best interest in mind because she knew that something had to right. be drastically done. Otherwise, this was never going to be fully done. Or you can make the argument that she loved her daughter so much and supported her so much that she thought that giving Lamar her address would be the best chance at them working it out and figuring things out. And she was wrong about it, but her intentions were in the right place. You can argue both those things. You can also see the wrong in both of those things and the way that he put her, that Chris potentially put her in harm's way. Well, see, that was the part that I thought was so interesting that Chloe says, she's like, you know, my mom didn't really, she kind of underestimated the amount of emotional distress and emotional instability that Lamar was under at the time. And I don't think she realized that putting me near him could have been potentially dangerous. That's what she said. Whereas, first off, I totally agree that Chris didn't know that because if she would, she wouldn't have done that. But I also, I didn't realize that personally. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, but if you remember from when these episodes finally aired about the whole Lamar situation, Chloe was keeping these secrets for a year. Chloe never told anybody. Chloe was was battling this in silence. So it, it would make sense that Chris didn't realize the severity of what was happening and what was wrong in their relationship. For all, you know, for all intents and purposes, and what Chloe has explained to the family and told them there is so much that she kept away that Chris probably did not realize what a risk it I, was. I know, I, to- I a thousand percent agree with you. I, I There's no way she did. Right. I get that. Listen, I get that she puts business first in certain situations. I don't think she puts business before safety. Never. I, I, I don't ever think that. Yeah. Which is just, I don't know. That was interesting. We'll get more into it. Anyway, next scene, they're at Scott's house. It's Scott and Chloe. And Scott has this dog handler come over and he says, he's like, listen, after watching the dog shows, I realized my dog could do that. So, yeah, you're right. Julie writes, Scott and the dog is actually one of the cutest things I've ever seen. It really I is. Just, I love the dynamic. <laughs> Oh, I, we didn't. Okay, full disclosure: Julie and I didn't watch it together because I slept in Jer- Jersey last night. I had the same question: Why wasn't Sophia there? Well, I don't think it's a matter of why wasn't Sophia there. It's just like why can't you give us more? She was already on an episode. No, but it was just interesting because the like Hirsch, that dog is such a big part of their lives together, and she was already on an episode. You would think that in an episode centered around her dog, she wouldn't have. She would have been on it at some point. That's, I was shocked. Yeah, I don't know if I was shocked because I thought it would have been too good to be true to bring Sophia into the episode. She could have been out of town for Imagine this. Imagine Chloe, Scott, and Sophia with the dog. Oh, my God. It would be amazing. Amazing. It would be the best thing ever, obviously. Um, anyway, so the trainer tells Scott that basically because because Hirsch, one of his— t- I can't believe I'm— This is what we do for a living. You know that, right? Yeah, I, re- <laughs> I recognize that. <laughs> Um, that because one of the dog's eyes is a different color, that the chance that he would actually be able to compete in this, like, dog championship is very kind of slim to none. No, no, they didn't say that yet. Oh. The, the trainer sets him up to think that Hirsch can do it. He doesn't find out till the eye thing till the end. So the trainer's like, <laughs> the trainer, so he's like, tell me it's straight. Does Hirsch have a chance? And she kind of, like, hesitantly is like, yeah, good, I could see it. So then, like, obviously Scott's, like, delusion is grander than ever. And he's like, oh. well, the dog trainer says he has, she has a chance, like, Hirsch is going to make it. Oh, I messed that one up. That's really fucking yeah. funny. I I was I kind of was under the impression that he was so like that he 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 was going to go against the claim. Like you know what I mean that she told him no and he was like I think I think the trainer thought that he was just being like ridiculous. Like I I I feel like the trainer knew Scott. Like she had she was like, keeping up with the Kardashians fan and like knew Scott's personality. Right. So she was like whatever, he's not actually going to like submit him into a dog show like we'll just, or submit her into a dog show. Let's just like Tell her that it will be okay. Like he's not going to do anything with it. That's so funny. Is it a is it a girl or a I don't boy? know. I keep going back and forth. I think it's a girl. Really? I think it's a boy. I don't know. Anyway, the next Herschel scene, is that his real name? I, I would say Hershey. No. <laughs> is it Herschel like a rabbi? I'm pretty um, sure Herschel was like I think my Herschel's childhood a backpack. rabbi. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Well, it could be a backpack and it's a rabbi. It's a lot of things. 
What else? Yeah, I think Heshi was probably your rabbi. Heschel. Well, that was the name. Herschel a- and Heschel. One's Jewish, one's a backpack. Oh, okay. Combine them. <laughs> it's a backpack with a yarmulke. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, God. You guys are really getting us in rare form today. That's for damn sure. You should see the way we're sitting. Julie's legs are like— I, I've been in 10 different positions during yeah, this episode. This, it caused a fight about 20 minutes ago that we cut out. I hope, yeah, we cut it out. Hopefully the, the edit really did cut it out. I feel like sometimes with the edits, you can hear, like, that happens occasionally. Have you, have you where, heard, where you can, like, hear me. <laughs> You're like, Julie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she couldn't stop fucking fidgeting with the mic, and the whole thing fell, and we got into a fight, but then it was all fine. Anyway, the next scene, they're at Kim's house, and it's Chloe and Kim in the theater room, and the scene of Kanye's great parental triumph, Julie writes. So Chloe says to Kim, I found out mom's lying to me. The soul cycle thing is all a lie. Lamar in the book is saying how, how mom did tell him where to go. It's exactly what I thought happened when she denied it, she denied it to me forever. There's no way he could have followed me. How could he know that I'm at Soul Cycle Beverly Hills at 6 a.m.? It doesn't bother me, but why lie about it? And Chloe then in her confessional is saying that she knows Chris did it because like, there's physically no other way that Lamar would have known, which she's totally right. And this is when I was saying earlier, I guess we kind of skipped ahead, that she said, I don't think that my mom recognized the severity of the emotional distress Lamar was on during that time. I think she kind of retreated and got nervous to admit that she potentially could have put me in harm's way, so she's just denying it. That is exactly the point that we were making. Yeah. I think that that's the reason that Chris is denying it, because it was one thing for it to be like kind of a fucked up move. The second she realized that her move could have potentially, you know, affected Chloe's safety, I think that's when she was like, oh, shit. I think this is one of those things where, you know, when you lie to yourself so much that you start to actually believe it? Like, I think it was so traumatic for Chris to realize that she put Chloe in a potentially dangerous situation when that wasn't her intention at all, that she's lied to herself about it so much that she genuinely believes she didn't do it. I agree with you 8,000%. The next scene, I loved this scene. Loved this scene. So this was Scott, Chris, and MJ, and they're shopping because— you know, Scott's trying to make his house a little bit more of a home, which I think is great. It's very white. It's very, like, bland in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I love it. I love a white kitchen, but he could have warmed it up a little. Yeah, which is exactly what he's trying to do now. Yes. So the paparazzi are taking pictures of Chris, and she, she looks at him, and she's like, okay, I think you got it. You can be done. Yeah, and she's like, okay, you got it. You got it. You're good. They're like, keep them. She's like, you can be done now. You can it be done. It was so funny. So Scott is holding MJ's hands and helping her in. Julie writes, literally stick a fork in me. I'm fucking done. No, same. I lost That was. No. I was watching with Carly I can't and we with grabbed MJ. each other. Yeah. With Scott and MJ together. It's the greatest, greatest duo of our generation. They're, he loves her so much. And she is, oh my God, she adores him. I know, it's true. So he's saying, you know, he wants to make his house feel like a home and there's nobody better than Chris for the job, which Amen, Don. Scott. Yeah. So Chris is, you know, picking out little things for him, and Chloe will not stop calling Chris. And Julie writes, also so dramatic because Chris won't shut the volume off of her phone. I don't know why they do this. Like as if her phone is ever on. Whose phone is ever on loud? Well, I imagine that Chris's because she just gets so many calls that she feels like she has to like answer it. But also like, does Chris not know about the ignore button? And also was that ringtone put in after the fact? Because there's no way her phone was that loud. Yeah, for sure it was. That's like one of the editing things. Kind of like when the person said away. It was just away. unnecessary. Yeah. Anyway, so Scott's, you know, telling her to answer. And Chris is like, no, it's fine. I'm just going to ignore her. And then Chris and Scott do the joint confessional, which, uh, honestly, what what's better than that? Mason? The only confessional better than Chris and Scott together is Mason, I think. Maybe Scott and Chloe? No, because we get it a lot. It's not a rare thing. Um, yeah. Scott and the dog was pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah, Scott right? and the dog was good. 
Um, anyway, so Scott's, so they're in the confessional and Chris says, I have a confession to make. I'm ignoring Chloe. Lamar wrote a book and he mentioned Soul Cycle and says, I told him where Chloe was. And Scott goes, were you just with me because you're avoiding Chloe? And she, and, and he goes, you're paying then because I'm getting you away from a crime scene. And Chris goes, I can afford it. And Scott's like, I know you can. Also the way, the way Chris said to him, I have a confession to make is like, they were just sitting there and Chris looks and goes, I have a confession to make. It was just adorable. It was just like, sometimes I feel like not in a weird way, not in a weird way, but like Chris gets a little flirty with Scott. In like a very funny, not yeah. weird way. And like, in like such a mother-in-law way. Yes. I so, so, so agree with you. Like, I, it's not like she's trying to sleep with him or do anything. She just like gets a little, she like has this fun personality that comes out really only with Scott. Well, because Scott has that personality too. Yeah, she brings like, it out. Even you see, and I, the flirting is the wrong word because I think it creates this like very um, incestual vibe that is obviously not the case but you see like Scott being like flirtatious with like Kim and and Chloe too like you yeah, know it's like um what's the right word more like playful I guess is the better word yeah but I don't know what the right thing is because it's like you know what it is it's kind of like um like the really cliche sitcom thing where like somebody meets the parents and it's like it's like they say to dad like oh I see where you get your like I see where your son gets their good looks from it's like it's the flirty without the actually wanting to do anything with it do you know yes, what I mean yes 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 yeah I, I, I know what you mean so the next scene, they're at Courtney's house, and it's Kim, Courtney, and Chloe, which I have to say, it's by no means my favorite dynamic, but there's something about it that I just feel like, okay, these are the OGs. If we drank, we would be taking a shot every time we say dynamic. Yes, Craig always says that. There's so many words. Dynamic, iconic. We say a lot of shit. Yeah, we do. We say amen. What's the thing that someone was like, learn a different word for? Iconic. Was it iconic? Yeah, I thought there was like, another. They were like, I really like you guys. Like, I think you're really smart, well-spoken No, ladies. interesting. Oh, they were like, but interesting and iconic, like you need to get a better vocabulary. I was like, we are trying. People talk such a big game. And then it's very hard when you're recording a podcast to like- Turn into a thesaurus. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And also try to speak eloquently and not say like, and not speak too fast and also get all your thoughts out. Like it's not the easiest thing in the world. So I'm, I know that we overuse those words and I'm sorry, we're working on it. We should have a thing laminated. It's like alternative words for iconic, alternative words for interesting. Fascinating doesn't sound right. Interesting. Sounds right. No, we'll get, you know, now we're going to get DMs. Literally, people are going to turn into fucking Merriam-Webster. I want Merriam-Webster to reach out herself. Yes. That's what we need. Yeah. Anyway, it's just, anyway, just know that we do have self-awareness and we recognize that we overuse those words and we are working on it. Yeah, we have self-awareness, but we're ignoring it. <laughs> so we know we're wrong and we don't care. <laughs> I just love the word interesting for, for so many things here. Anyway, so it's Kim, Courtney, and Chloe. And Chloe's again saying how she's trying to get in touch with Chris and Chris won't call her back. And Chloe's saying, you know, there was a story that Lamar wrote about and she texted him and Courtney kind of cuts her off and she's like, oh, he has a book out. And Chloe's like, how have you not seen it? Well, like, no, well, Courtney was like, it's not like, oh, he has a book out. It's like, oh, he's really doing that? Like, she thought it was fake. Like, she thought that, like, the whole time, they've probably been texting about it in the group chat, I imagine, like, the group book. And I feel like Courtney's been skimming it and being like, oh, I saw something about a book. Like, oh, he's really doing that? Yeah, like, exactly. Chloe's like, how have you not seen it? Like, don't say it's because you don't watch TV. It's everywhere. Courtney's like, I look at it like interior decor. Yeah, she's like, I just look at, like, in interior decor things. And they're like, you are so pretentiously annoying sometimes. Yeah. So Chloe said that she texted him saying, quote, LOL, I can't believe you remember that because he wasn't in a position where he would remember it. Which exactly thing was she talking about there? The thing where they were in the hotel room and Lamar was with another girl and she came in and like attacked the girl. I think it was like a stripper. Right. So Chloe said that Lamar called her from another number and she didn't answer and that he texted her saying like, you obviously have me blocked. So she unblocked him. And I have a question about that, just like from a logistical technology standpoint. If she texted Lamar on the number that she has for Lamar, if that number is blocked, she can still send a text that'll go through? I've never blocked anyone, so I don't know, but I think so. 
I think that, I and think, then he couldn't answer her, but he knew he was blocked because he couldn't reply to that text. That's what I think happened. I think that she probably didn't even know that she had him blocked. Like at the time she did, but she probably forgot because you don't text someone knowing that you, you have, have them blocked. blocked. You know that they can't respond. I, I had no idea that the message would go through. It, I've, we should test it. I've honestly never okay. done it. I don't know. Have you ever blocked anyone? No, me neither. Um, and, and they're asking, like, do you miss him? What are your thoughts? And she says, I miss him, like, all the time, but not in a way that I'd ever get back with him. So he called me, and he's like, I just knew we were all going to talk again at some point. I'm just so happy. I would love to see you. I'm dying to see you in person. I feel like we have so much to talk about. And Kim's, try, like, kind of saying, you know, I do think that it would be good for you guys to have a face-to-face after all of these years. So classic him. Yeah. Like, beyond. Um and Chloe said, I always I always felt after the overdose to be there, like sickness and health. And once I once I saw he wasn't in the headspace to really want to change this bad situation, then I was fine letting him go. I've never thought twice about it. And she says in her confessional, she's like, it feels really good to just have a really decent, nice conversation with Lamar, but I really don't know what the right thing to do in this situation is. I don't want to mislead him in any way, but I would like to meet with him. And Kim kind of says, like, I'll be there with you if you want, which was really nice. Yeah. It, you know, again, this is all before we find out that he has a girlfriend, but- it was interesting that Chloe would even have the thought that she would be misleading him. Like to me, her saying that meant that she felt that somewhere in Lamar, he had some sort of romantic, not agenda, but like romantic lingering feelings potentially. Do you think he does? I don't know. I think he'll always love her. I think they'll always love each other. I think that he probably has the same feelings for her that she has towards him. Like I think that she loves him in the way that like he'll always be the love of her life, but he can she can never get back with him. And I think she, he has the same feelings where it's, she'll always be the love of of his life, but he could never get over what he put her through. He, I don't think he could ever get back with her and then feel like he can make it up to her. That's exactly what it is. I think that he's too guilt ridden to ever want to reengage in that relationship because he's already starting at such a deficit. Right. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you are, it's almost like what we were saying. We sometimes, it's of course different, but we sometimes say with Scott and Courtney. Right. Different, but similar in a way. You know what I mean? Where Where it's it's, it's really hard to be in a relationship, I think, where the microscope is always on you and you have to feel like every single thing you do is so calculated and so careful as to not um, like retreat back to your old personality. So like, for example, if Scott and Courtney ever got back together, it's like every single time they were out, every single time they did something, I feel like Scott would be so on edge to make sure he was on his best, best, best behavior. And he could never just, I think not he could never, but I think it would really take him a while to just like relax and be confident in who he is. And I think that's a really difficult position to be in. Totally agree with you. So Quip was basically created by dentists and product designers to focus on what actually matters for our oral health, which is healthier habits. These are the best toothbrushes. I'm literally not kidding. There's a couple of things. First off, they have sensitive vibrations and a built-in timer. So you kind of get this like gentle guide to brush for the dentist recommended two minutes. And there's 30 second pulses that ensure an even clean. Because realistically, like without that, I don't know about you guys. I, I'm, I don't think I'm the best at it. Like having that timer definitely helps. Also, Quip automatically delivers brush heads to you every three months, so there's clean bristles right on schedule. You're supposed to change your bristles every three months. I don't think everyone does, and not having to think about that and just knowing that they're showing up to me is like a total game changer. Also, there's a very, like, the design is kind of sleek. It's very um, easy to use, and it has this travel cap that doubles as a mirror mount, so it is the easiest toothbrush to travel with anywhere you're going. I don't know. It's 
I think that having those kind of features make it like make you more likely to brush for longer because it's just so simple. So Quip starts at just $25 and you'll get your first refill free at getquip.com slash celeb. This is a simple way to support our show and start brushing better, but you have to go to getquip.com slash celeb to get your first refill free. Go right now to getquip.com slash celeb. That's getquip.com slash celeb. So next scene, they are, Kim lands in D.C., and she's at the Second Chance Hiring Initiative Conference. And she's in this hotel room. She's practicing her speech while glam is going on. And she has her lawyers, Erica and Jessica, there. They are the attorneys at Cut 50, which— Erin and Jessica, right? Oh, what did is I say? Is it Erica? Oh, you said Erica, but is it Erin? I think it's Erin. Is it? I, I thought it was Erica. I don't know. I could you, be wrong. No, I could have written it down wrong. You could totally be right. I, look, Google that. I, wanna, just I just want to make sure we have her name right. Um, anyway, they're the attorneys at Cut 50, which just for anybody that doesn't know it, yeah, she said Aaron. it last night. Oh, it is Erin? Sorry. Erin yeah. and Jessica. Um, I wonder why I thought it was Erica. Anyway, cut 50's like goal is to cut incarceration rates by 50%. And they get there, they're at the hotel room, and they're kind of just, like, she's doing glam. They're talking about her speech, and they show the pillows at the Four Seasons, which are embroidered, and say, a strong woman stands up for herself. A stronger woman stands up for everybody else. I loved that. Great touch for Kim. They, did you see also they put the KKW on her robe and had a quote on the back of that, too? Yeah. Listen, a lot of these really nice hotels, you go and they they monogram your initials. That's, like, a very normal thing. But to have a quote like that, yeah. it's, it's, a ni- it's a nice touch. It's, it was a really nice touch. Yeah, it was very Four Seasons Paris of them, if you know what Ooh, I mean. yeah. Right? Very. Um, and they're kind of telling him like the different areas that she needs to highlight in her speech, which we get into this a little later, but it was interesting. I want to choose my words so carefully because I have such a tremendous amount of respect for what Kim does. And I think like anybody, Kim, not Kim, anybody in that situation with the pressure and the, the cameras and all that kind of stuff is really, really, um, you're under so much pressure. So I don't think anybody performs their absolute best. That being said, I remember watching it and being like, this is amazing. I, I admire you so much, but I'm just a little surprised that you, I, I would have expected her to be a little more polished. And watching this, it made so much sense. Everything was so, so, so rushed. It wasn't like she had so much time to practice. Right. And I, you It made re- sense seeing this. I wrote that in the notes when we get to that next scene where she actually reads the speech. It but made yeah. so much sense, which we'll get more into. But it, I, I honestly was, and I love public speaking. Like I, that's my thing. But watching this was really stressful for me because of the lack of time they had, the fact that it was happening while she was getting glam. Like, I don't know. It, it was a lot. It was overwhelming. It was yeah. a lot. And especially, it's not like this is the kind of thing. It's not like she's doing something for her fragrance launch. Right. This is very different it's, than the normal. Uh, well, I think that something that Kim feels a lot of times in these situations is that if she messes up, hypothetically, in her mind, potentially, it's like, I'm not just messing up for myself. I'm not doing these men and women that I'm fighting for justice. So I think to go in having that like fear on your, like knowing that, carrying that weight on you is a little bit more well, stressful. Well, that, and on top of that, um, when everyone kind of is putting you at a disadvantage already, and you get to a point where people are starting to validate what you're doing, I mean, listen, there are plenty of people out there that are just like us, and it's like, from the second she announced that they were on board, and there were plenty of people that from the second they announced it, they expected her to fail. So when you already have all of the eyes on you kind of expecting you to fail, it's just that much added pressure. It's a thousand, thousand percent. Kind of like Lamar. Yeah, if you were to get back with Chloe. Anyway, so they're next scene. They're still in D.C. They're in the car on the way to the White House. And I love when they do this when Kim's recording her Insta story. Because, again, I remember watching that Insta story, you know? 
Yeah, and it's so it's cute because she's she's doing it at the end. She's like she's like we're gonna get shit done, and then she hangs up. She's like oh, I shouldn't have said shit, and the lawyers like are like. That was so cute. Like, you, it, it's just like they—they are kind of watching her become this very calculated person. Where it's like, where she's like kind of on edge, and she's walking on eggshells, and she's like, "Oh, I shouldn't have said shit." And they're like, "You can do what you want." Like, it's so adorable to watch you kind of try and navigate this. I think it's very—it really shows like a lot of humility. Yeah, I really, I, I really appreciate Kim in these settings because in every other aspect of her life, typically most of the things she walks into, it's like she goes into the Met Gala, she's the cover girl. She goes into any of her, you know, photo shoots, she's the cover girl. Right. All that kind of stuff. And, or she's the businesswoman. And in this, it's like, no, she's not the smartest one in the room. She's not the one the most well-versed. Like clearly, you know what I mean? She right. really looks up to these lawyers. And I just think it's, it's nice that she shows that. Yeah. Anyway, so they get there and she's sitting in between Jared and Ivanka and Trump is giving her a really nice intro. He says, to make this announcement, I'd like to invite up a very special guest and a powerful advocate, not only for justice reform, but just a really good person. And I hear she's starting to study law. Soon she'll be one of the most successful lawyers. I hate to tell all my lawyers in the back there, Kim Kardashian West. And you can see Kim really did not know what she was walking into, which also is really off-brand. Yeah. I mean, see, that was confusing for me because this wasn't the first time she was at the White House, correct? So maybe she just hadn't been in the press room before or wherever they were doing it, but it's weird to me that she wouldn't have assumed that there would be cameras at every angle. Yeah. You know, this was so, to me, though, an example of, like, pretty much any setting that the Kardashians go to, with the exception of the Met Gala. They have the control. They have full control. Even on a red carpet, they can decide to walk it, to not, like, whatever they want to do. And this was one of those situations where, like, even Kim Kardashian at the White House is just, she just is not in control. You right. know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There was something really interesting to me about watching her there, the way that she— Everything about it. Do you know what I mean? Did yeah, you feel no, that way? No, I totally felt that way. It was like, it was kind of one of those things where it's like she belongs there, but she doesn't at the same time. And she's aware of both of those things existing at once. Exactly. Um, and so she's saying that she couldn't even look at her speech that she had printed because there were cameras everywhere. She's like, I slipped in my bag and I just kind of had to wing it. And interesting, did you catch this? That when you watch the speech live, like when we were actually watching it when it happened, there, it was a lot less kind of polished than the way that it seemed on here. Like they cut out a lot of the ums. Yeah. Makes sense, obviously, as they as they like would, but it was two different speeches. Well, yes, two different speeches. They also only showed like a very small portion of what she said. And it was just the lift announcement. Um, but we said that when we were watching it, we were like, I'm shocked by the amount of ums that she's saying and watching her and knowing that she had to put the speech away. It makes so much more sense now. Yeah. And just to clarify, like truly, I mean that in the, we, we both mean that in the least judgmental way. Oh my like, God. Yeah, yeah. This woman is doing amazing, amazing work. So she says, um, a couple of times, like <laughs> we say like all the fucking time. It's like, I totally, totally get it. I was, we were just surprised because she's so typically not like that. Right. It wasn't like it was a, it was a bad thing or that we were judging her. It was just like when you're so used to somebody being kind of at the top of the game in terms of public speaking. I mean, how many speeches does Kim give on any given day? You know what I mean? So it's just like when you're watching, it's like, oh, that was kind of surprising. But also this is totally a different environment than what she's used to. You know, you give a speech to the millions of people every day and it's not a big deal. But when you're talking about something like this versus your fragrance or versus your show or versus anything else or fashion or something that you are, you know, you know that that's your area. That's where exactly. you thrive the most. It's very nerve wracking to give something that you're just, that you're very passionate about and you're so nervous about already and also to know that this isn't your area of expertise yet mm -hmm. no I listen I have so much respect for her. so the next scene there at Scott's house again it's Scott and Chloe and this was so cute Scott shows off Rain's first day of school picture he's like he's a babe I know it, it just fucked me up I I, I know I, I know yeah 
oh, you, you notice this point too. So Scott, Chloe says to Scott, I've been looking for mom for forever. Julie writes, I just like that she said mom instead of my mom. Me too. And it was the first time I have ever heard them do that. Maybe I just missed it previously. They, they say it a couple of times. Like Chloe said, we're going to expose mom. They, I, I haven't picked up on them saying that before. Clearly we haven't because why would we both notice it now? Right. How many times did they say my mom? We never Yeah, it was it. definitely, I don't know if that was a conscious thing or if they like just started doing it and it happened to show in this episode or they've been doing it forever and we never caught it before. But yeah, I definitely, as soon as she said that, I was like, oh, I love that. So Chloe's telling Scott that basically Chris is avoiding her and he's like, she literally was with me yesterday. She's scared that you're going to confront her about the soul cycle thing. And Chloe's saying, she's like, I don't care about that. Like I care more that she's ignoring me now. The soul cycle thing was a years ago. So Scott and, and Chloe are in the confessional and Chloe says, like, we got to figure out a way to expose mom. And it's just funny. They're both kind of scheming as to how to do it. And <laughs> Julie writes, Scott and Chloe scheming against Chris is a plot point that occurs every three to four episodes. It's so true. And I love it every time. Yeah. No, I never, that's why it occurs every three to four episodes. But it's so funny. Like every time they do it, they act like it's like, they act like it's the first time Scott and Chloe are, are like teaming up to do something. And it's like every single time that Chris does something, Scott and Chloe scheme up to do something against her. Always. And Scott's plan is basically, he's like, listen, if I say I'm sick, she'll be here in a second. That's what we'll do. So keep that in the back of your head. We're back in D.C. And Kim and Matthew Charles are giving each other this huge hug when they see each other after her speech. And he's, he's one of the men that she obviously helped free. And he's thanking her and he's just so appreciative. And... He, I didn't know this. I, I like forgot this, that he was the first man that was released from the First Step Act. And he was the one that, if you remember, he applied for housing and got denied because of his criminal record. And Kim then helped him out and is paying the, fir the fi first five years of his rent. And even when she offered to pay the years of the rent after she found out he got denied, he got denied again, even with her paying it. I, I'm sure he's living somewhere now. I'm sure they figured it out. But it was just, that was a really interesting point. And the reason that this was so interesting is because... Um, this was one of those things where we didn't find out that Kim was paying his rent until the story broke that he was denied even with Kim paying the rent. So it wasn't like the story was Kim has offered to pay the rent of this man. It was the only reason it came out was because he was denied. Yeah, which is kind of what we always say that there's there's so much more power in a lot of ways with like uh, like acts of kindness in silence. Do you yes. know what I mean? Like not making it such a spectacle. Like, of course, it's important with advocacy work to be public about it because then it inspires others to do that, right? But for something like this, she was not making it about herself. I know, and this is one of the things that I always say is that I think that there's going to be continually a lot of things that come out about the things that Kim has done that sh that we don't know about because she has just done it to do it and not done it for the publicity of it. For sure. She also said that, you know, like, she never met him, that they just were emailing back and forth. She's like, so it was so exciting to see him. This was my favorite part. He asks her for a picture, and then he looks at the Keeping Up cameras, and he goes, are you recording? And they're like, yeah, and he's like, thank you, Kanye. <laughs> it was so good, right? It was so good. I just loved that. And she was so happy, because you could tell when, when he asked if she was recording, she kind of was like, what the fuck's he about to say? Yeah. Um, also then, you know, Kim FaceTimes Chris from the West Wing and it pans to the sign that says bringing dignity to forgotten America. It was a very powerful thing, like putting aside, obviously, any political beliefs. I just thought that it was a cool, powerful scene. And also the fact that the keeping up cameras were in the White House and were allowed to be was also interesting. Yeah, it is. It's, um, we'll get into this uh, in the regular episode, but John and Chrissy in their Vanity Fair article that just came out talk about Kim in the White House and, and how they feel about it. And they were kind of mixed in the sense that they were like, what Kim is doing is so great. 
and and Chrissy said she's like what it, it's great I just don't know if I personally would be able to walk in there and shake that even for the good even for the greater good I don't know if I would be able to walk in there and shake his hand knowing everything even no matter what they're working for so it was kind of like and I think that probably a lot of people have that same mentality where it's like so much respect and so much how at the same time and it's it's just interesting I think that people watching this episode probably had that same sort of for sure and I it, we always say this quote because I think it's the truest thing. When Kim says, people in people who are incarcerated don't give a shit if it's Trump, Obama, Clinton who got them out. They just want to be out. Right. And I told you that when I was talking to my friend who like works with formerly incarcerated people that they said the exact same thing. Yeah, of course. They don't agree with a lot of what the president does, but they don't care. Like, they'd rather be out than, um, than stay in longer just so that the good graces don't fall under this administration. Right. So OpenFit takes all the complexity out of losing weight and getting fit. It's a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your living room in as little as 10 minutes a day. There are a couple of reasons why it's so great. First off, you have the convenience of your own home, which is amazing. So you can work out with trainers like Andrea Rogers, who founded ExtendBar, which is like a worldwide sensation and amazing from personal experience. Um, also Rough Around the Edges, which is six of the most badass stunt women in the business. And you never have to feel like shy or weird that people are watching you work out. It's literally in the comfort of your own home. And also the fact that it's so accessible. So if you're going on vacation, you're stressed about the fact that where you're staying doesn't have a gym, you're not going to get your cardio in, whatever it is, you can view this on your computer, web-enabled TV, tablet, smartphone, and even Roku. So a lot of times, like places that you go, they sell packages. So if you're there for a week, you don't want to get a whole package. So having this, it brings the class to you. It makes it so simple, so easy. It's not just like a really effective way to kind of get in that workout without all the stress that can often come with it. So OpenFit can totally change the way you work out. And texting our code COMMENTS to 303030, you can join me on a fitness journey personalized just for you. Right now, during the OpenFit 30-day challenge, our listeners get a special extended 30-day free trial membership to OpenFit when you text COMMENTS to 303030. You will get full access to OpenFit, all of the workouts and nutrition information totally free. Again, just text COMMENTS to 303030. Standard message data rates may apply. Next scene, Chris is on in the car, she's on the phone with Scott, and Scott's telling her, you know, she's not feeling well, he feels like he's dying, whatever. So, <laughs> Julie's right, it's literally May in Calabasas, he obviously doesn't have the flu. So Chris is asking where Sophia is, and Scott's, you know, saying she's out. I loved that that was her first yeah. response. I don't know, it, I know it's so stupid, like, duh, that's a normal first response, but it made me feel like, I guess it made me feel like Chris really validates the relationship yeah. and would think that 22-year-old Sophia, 21-year-old Sophia. Would be able Sophia. to take care of him the way he needs to be taken care of. Exactly. Correct. So she says, okay, I'm going to grab some soup and other goodies. I'm going to bring it over as soon as I get together. So he's laying in bed. He looks adorable. No, he's never looked cuter. Adorable. And, um, you know, whatever. So obviously the whole point is that, wait, I just saw your note here. Same. The king size bed. It's huge. It's bigger than a California king. I know it is. I said to Carly, I made her pause and I was like, that fucking bed. And think about how little Sophia is. They have so much room. So much room for activities. I could do that, I think. What? Well, you know how like, my biggest fear in the whole world is having to share a bed for the rest of my life. I think if it was that big, I could probably get over it. You're in different zip codes. Yeah. She's literally not even in Calabasas. That bed, no. Julie, that was my first thing. It's Right? It's not your average size bed. No, it's it bigger looked, than a California king. I know it is. It's bigger than Kim and Kanye's. I don't, yeah, I think so. It was big. It was fucking big. I love a big bed. Duh. Remember back in the Tila Tequila days when they had that giant bed where they all slept in it? Do you remember? I just referenced Tila Tequila out of the blue. <laughs> Do you remember the, yeah, those days? I've never read. It's burned in my brain. They all slept in the they same bed. They all slept in the same bed. It was bed. the round bed, right? Yeah, but I remember thinking like, wow, that's one big ass bed. <laughs> you know, and I kind of had a flashback for a second. 
Anyway, um, <laughs> Julia, can't believe you had that same point. I love when we don't watch together sometimes because then it's so fun to see what we both pick up on. Anyway, you don't even talk to me when we do watch it together. I know, but then I feel like after we'll be we'll talk about it for a some second. certain things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, Scott's saying that she doesn't have to be there, and she goes, "That's what moms are for." Oh, that just really fucked me up. You know what I was thinking about this whole episode, Carol? What? Oh, Carol Shulman. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because your mom used to make her chicken soup? No. <laughs> oh, that's so crazy you know that. No, because like she always takes care of me as if, because oh. she was my mom's. No. Okay. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Carol, well, for, wait, just, we should probably explain that in, yeah. ca- in case we don't cut it out. Carol um, was my mom's best, best, best friend and our next door neighbor. And obviously when my mom passed away and even before that, Carol has just been so maternal to me always. And if I was sick and my dad wasn't home, for example, she would be the first person that I would call. Okay. Anyways, the point that I was going to make is that I think that it, it was really adorable the way that Chris was taking care of Scott. And I think that a lot of that was a little fabricated for the show. But regardless, I think that knowing that Scott doesn't have parents, I feel like Chris feels that responsibility so immensely. So immensely. Where it's like when her own kids are sick, she helped, like she's there for them, she'll do whatever. But I think that when Scott's sick, it's like— I. And obviously, you know that, like, when you're sick, that's the time when you're like, all I want is my mom. And I think that Chris recognizes that so deeply that when Scott's sick, it affects her more than when the other kids are sick, probably. uh, Like, I would, yes, I could not agree with that point more. Um, And Scott's saying, she's like, I know it's a prank, but I'm doing a good thing. I'm bringing you back together. And Chloe's like, you're like Mother Teresa or the Pope. Scott's like, it's just Jewish. I love how he reminds us that he's Jewish. Is that what you were going to say? It's because every time he reminds us, I feel like we're one inch closer to Mason having a bar mitzvah. Yes. It's like, you acknowledge your identity, and we're going to have a bar mitzvah. We, yeah. Well, you know what? Let's just pray. Anyway, so Chloe comes in and Chris is literally like holding a washcloth on Scott's head. And Scott, I have to say, the performance was excellent. 10 out of 10. You see what I wrote? Scott gives an excellent sick performance, but there was nothing like me back on my prime in a day when I had a test that I didn't study for in high school. Amen to that one. There is no one better than me. You guys want to know a trick? If you're listening and you are at the age where you still need your parents' permission to not go to school— the trick is set your alarm for the middle of the night and then go into your parents' room like you're the meme about throwing up and say you don't feel well. But then what you have to really do, the important part of this, is that you have to ask to be woken up in the morning so they think you want to go to school. Mm. Wow, Julie. It's really, that's the key. That's a great say, one. no, but please wake me up in the morning. I have to go to school. I can't miss it. I can't miss it. I have a test in the morning, but I really don't feel well. That's a good, see, that would have never worked with that. that yeah, you, ha- you, your mom was very lenient with that. I was that. a truant. I used to get letters. They were like, if you miss one more day of school, you are not going to graduate. See, what I would do is I would get ace bandages and I would like totally, lo- like I'd wrap it because I, I never wanted to go to gym. That was my thing. That's I didn't very care north about, of you. Not, very north of me, yeah. <laughs> I'm so north. No, no I, I didn't care about gym. I just didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to wake up. Yeah, so your thing was the the letter from the, what, the town saying that? Yeah. Your, were like, mine was from school saying, Emma has skipped too many gym classes. My parents had to come and I had to do double gym. I wasn't going to graduate because I skipped gym so much. It was really quite the situation. And my mom was so fed up that one day she knew that I was so full of shit. She followed me I into the school to tell the attendance lady, like, anything she tells you, don't fucking believe her. She's full of shit. Like, that's how intense it was. Yeah, we were not the best in high school. Anyway. I was not the best in college either. I just didn't need anyone's permission. Yeah, same. <laughs> So Chloe says, I literally can't get you on the phone for three seconds and all of a sudden you just have a free day. And she's like, listen, I canceled, you know, half of my day for Scott. And Chloe and Chris are in the confessional. Chloe's saying it's a prank. And Chloe's saying, like, I can't believe that you're avoiding me over something that happened years ago. And Chris is just saying that, like, she kind of scared the shit out of her because she didn't want Chloe to get mad at her all over again. 
And Chloe's like, listen, you know if you want to confess anything, this is our confessional. And Chris is like, didn't do it. And they're like, <laughs> Chloe's like, you're just sticking with it? You're sticking with the deny till you die? And she's like, yep. Yeah. She so clearly did it. Whether or not she called the paparazzi, one thing, but she 1,000% told Lamar that Chloe was there. Yeah. And that's my, that, I will take that belief to the grave. Me too. Do you ever feel like Chris is a little more careful with Chloe than she is with the other kids? Absolutely. I think she's scared of Chloe. I think Chloe is the only kid that she's scared of, which is interesting because from a business perspective, you would think she'd be more afraid of Kylie or Kim because they kind of pay her bills. Yeah, but they're more, I think they're more, um, well, no, because Kim and Kylie, no, that's different. Kim and Kylie are so good to her. Like, they are so good to her. They would ne- She would never be scared of him. I don't think she's ever afraid of, like, their build, whatever. I would expect her to be more afraid of Courtney because I think Courtney has more animosity towards Chris because of the divorce and because she was the oldest at the time that I, and just because of Courtney's entire personality, that I felt like Chris would be more afraid of Courtney than anyone else in the family. And she really, I think it's because Chloe's the most sensitive and she's really afraid of, um, like, triggering Chloe. And I think she also feels bad that she feels like Chloe has been, you know, wronged so badly by so many men in her life. And also, you're going to laugh at me for saying this. I swear to God, and I think Courtney feels this way sometimes, too. I think it's a size thing. Like, Chloe is so tall. Like, seriously. Like, Courtney is not intimidating to look at. Chloe is intimidating. She's like 5'10". Chris is what, 5'4"? Yeah. I guess I would be afraid from I a just, physical I, perspective. I don't know. I think, like, and also, Chloe can get aggressive. Yeah. Like, I don't know. She's, she's not going to hit Chris. No, though. not to hit her. But I think I, Chris is afraid of like disappointing her in any way, shape, or form. A thousand percent. She never wants to be the source of any more upset for Chloe because she's already had to endure so much. Right? Yeah. And also, potentially, because of the Lamar thing, as just an added thing, where like she was so team Lamar, so on Lamar's side kind of thing. I also think that Chloe, a lot of the time, lets her anger out on Chris as opposed to the other people in the family. Like, I think Chris, a lot of time, bears the brunt of Chloe's, like, aggression because I think Chloe's really, like, really careful and not let it out on Kendall and Kylie because they're the younger sisters. I think that her and Courtney have such a good relationship that she doesn't really let it on her. Her and Kim are kind of similar, and I feel like when she has something that she's just— like angry about it, kind of she gets explosive with Chris as opposed to the others. Kind of like I think Kim gets the most explosive on Courtney. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this is when we find out that Hirsch can't be an official show dog because of the eye color thing. And he's like, she'll never do Westminster. He's like, I thought it'd be fun just to have Hirsch as a show dog instead of buying cars and watches. I, I can't. It's just, I can't. Okay, next scene, we're almost at the end, guys. We're at Kim's house and Chloe comes over and Kim is giving her like these presidential Hershey kisses from the White House. <laughs> this is when Chloe's like, I don't think I've ever been in this room. That couch, I know those of you who watched, and I say those of you who watched because we get so many things that say people don't even watch, they just listen for the recap. This, you should just look up this couch. It is so massive. massive. And it's not the one you're thinking of. It's not the one in the movie theater. No, it's not the it's, one at the at the scene of Kanye's great parental triumph. Yeah, something totally different. So Kim is asking her about Lamar and if they're going to get together and talk. And I'm quoting Chloe now. She says, I see that he has a girlfriend and I just don't want to be disrespectful or reach out. And he seems really happy. And I think that that chapter is closed for him and I. And you get so impulsive and it's like, it would have been so fun to catch up and have it be strictly that. I just didn't want to be disrespectful in any way. And I have no ill will. I never did. I just feel like that awkward, what if, if we ever ran into each other and it was such an anxiety filled situation for me, thinking about it, like, what if I ever saw him? What would we do? But for him to say he's sorry publicly, it made me feel good. And it's not even that I got closure. I was always just a wound that we've kind of put a bandaid on and I just never took care of it right. And it just felt good to finally feel like, thank God, just that my relationship was validated to me. Do you have this? I have to say my thought. I wonder if you, this, this is one of those things where it's like, 
I totally believe that the reason that she didn't want to reach out was once she found out that she had a, he had a girlfriend, she didn't want to be disrespectful, she didn't like the storyline that it could potentially paint. That being said, it was a very conscious decision to say that on camera because oh, yeah. I think that Chloe has been known as a homewrecker because of the way that her and Tristan started dating. Yeah. Not that we think that, but that's a, like a thing that people say. So I think that she made the conscious effort to be like, oh, just at the sight that he even has a girlfriend, I'm out. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I didn't have that thought. I think you're 100% correct. It just didn't pop into my head. I I thought it was interesting that she was so careful about not disrespecting his girlfriend because honestly, it was it wasn't like it would have been her idea to reach out and, and meet him. I, I get what you, I get why. Like I get I just think when you're a Kardashian and you are everybody wants to hate them that think about what the narrative would have been. No, I I agree. I think that though <laughs> here's the times where I'll say to you the Kardashians are not as uh, formulated and calculated and for the ratings as you think because if they were, that meeting would occur and that meeting would occur on camera. Yeah. And it still can. But I'm saying that that would have been a pushed plot point for sure. if that I, was the case. No, I totally agree with you. I just think at this time, Chloe just went through so much. She has so much going on. She has a little baby. The last thing she needs is people attacking her for saying that she's trying to break up Lamar's relationship. Yeah. Um, and she's saying, she's like, you know, it kind of, I was unsure about whether or not to do it. And him having this girlfriend just makes a decision for me. And she says, I love Lamar. He's such a huge part of my life. And I will always keep him in such a special place in my life. I love him and I have so much respect for him. And I want only beautiful things to come his way. But you know, the past is the past for a reason sometimes. And then there's, of course, this montage of her and Lamar. And I love the way you say montage. What montage. Do you say? What do you, how do you, you say? You just accent it. Really? Yeah. It's like very funny. Montage. How do you say it? Montage? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's something of a. Uh, at the hotel. The Palmetto Bluff in yeah. South Carolina. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, obviously, this was emotional watching them together, but I was the most emotional. You know what I'm going to say? No. The scene of them and Rob. Yes. It brought I me— I mean, that was— Rob, I feel like we forget about Lamar and Rob's relationship, which was truly so beautiful. I think it was like the most valuable relationship Rob has ever had. Well, that's the thing that we talk about a lot with Rob is that there were all of these male figures in his life that— kind of he he didn't have anymore. Every really important male figure in his life kind of went away. Mm-hmm. He lost his father. Caitlin transitioned and obviously Caitlin is still Caitlin, but it's not it's not the male figure he once had in his life where they were going and doing all of these things together. He had Lamar and Lamar, you know, left and and Scott and him always had their issues and then Scott was broken up and now he's back in the family, but there was a period of time where it was not good and I think that a lot of Rob's issues really connect back to that. And I think that Lamar's, the issues with Lamar was kind of the final straw for Rob that really kind of broke him. Totally agree with you. And it just, I mean, I guess also like, it's been so long since we've seen Rob on the screen. So even to see him in a flashback was just like, whoa. Yeah. Um, Anyways, the, Kim is then telling Chloe that she showed North pictures of Lamar holding her when she was a baby. And Chloe's like, she doesn't know who he is, right? And Kim says, you know that guy that was married to Auntie Coco? She's like, and saying that North was just so fascinated. She was like, wait, what? The tall guy there? And I don't know. Julie writes, it would mean so much to Lamar to know that Kim did that. I totally it agree. It would. It would mean so much to him. Well, now he mean, knows. I know. But like, think about that from Lamar's perspective to like, Lamar really had a connection with the whole family. I think that was what was really special with Lamar. And I feel like, the you know, the Tristan breakup and even maybe the Travis breakup and all of these things weren't as tragic for us um, watching it because they didn't have the same connection with the family. But Lamar was in every single facet of that family's life the way Scott is. And that's why the connection with Chris outlasted the drama and all of these things. And 
Lamar loved the kids. If you remember Lamar and Mason and even Lamar and North when she was little and when Lamar uh, recovered like from the overdose and she was he was at Kanye's show at Madison Square Garden for the Pablo show and North is in that little cute cheetah jacket. Like, they walk out together and I think that just having all of those memories that occurred when North was at such a young age I think that based on Lamar's actions, he would expect that the family would not keep him as a a relevant figure. It's like, okay, Lamar happened, but it's okay. We don't need to teach our kids about him. And it would mean so much to him that know that his, like, he had a lasting impression and a lasting impact despite everything that they still want to tell their kids about his existence in their lives. No, I totally agree with you. And Chloe kind of says to him, Ken, like, isn't it weird? It's just like a lifetime ago. And it is. The whole, that was just such an interesting kind of. It does feel like another lifetime. Yeah, I was was thinking like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing, Chloe. Anyway, we ended on a very light note with the Calabarxis dog show because since Hirsch couldn't compete, Scott was like, fuck it, I'm bringing the competition to my house. The one point that I wanted to make for, I know those of you that really are in deep with us will know what I'm saying. The Chanel outfit. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> the Chanel outfit that Chloe was wearing was the same outfit that Kylie and Stas took pictures of. I thought on it was Stas at first. I, uh, Carly that I was watching with said the exact same thing. I really, when I saw it, I was like, oh, Stas is really getting the work out of this outfit. Yeah, because tall, big ass, like the same, yeah, yeah, whole nine. So it was, it was Chloe's assistant, Charlie's dog, North's dog, Sushi, and Scott's dog, Hirsch. Again, obviously, Scott wins, but just watching them, the whole thing was so hilarious. Also, Scott after, talk about a personality. Like, it just, he, he's just so, it's, it's so nice to see Scott so happy and so fun. It's it so, really is. He, he just has the best time no matter what he does. It's so, so, so true. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? No. And, and I'm trying to think if there were any other major moments. You know what next week is? What? Did you see the previews? No, what's next week? Next week is the um, the OJ thing where he talks oh about. Oh, my God. Yes. But you know what's going to happen? Most likely it's going to be the very end. It doesn't matter. I was trying to get him to talk about it. I, that's going to be the most, yeah. I just want to hear the words OJ come out of Chris's mouth. That's it. I know. That's going to be so interesting. Wow. Okay, guys, we will see you tomorrow for our regular episode. And then again next week. Also, just a reminder, omaze.com slash celebs. That is our giveaway where we're auctioning off um, a trip to Bora Bora, the same exact place at the Kardashian state. And all the proceeds go to a really amazing cause for social and emotional support for people going through cancer and their family, the whole nine. Um, Okay, we love you guys. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like, You shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.